and um, the Arm for Battle series, the, the Helmet of Salvation. Today is so, so important. How many in here, by a raise of hand, that you've had a struggle in your mind over the last, say, 30 days? <laughs> How about over the last 30 seconds? Maybe you struggle. Maybe there's some, you have a constant tug of war. There's a constant fight between good and evil right here, okay? The helmet guards what? Our mind. It guards our head. The head represents authority, represents the thought life. Today, we're going to do an inventory of our thought life. What are you thinking about? Look at somebody and say, what are you thinking about? And I know, have you ever said that to somebody? Like, what are you thinking about? Have you ever said that to your kids when you walked into their bedroom or something like that? What are you thinking about? Or you look at somebody in the way they're dressed. Say, what were you thinking about? In Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. There is a constant, our thoughts define who we are. Can somebody shout amen to that? Now, I want to take a journey. We're going to go all the way back to the book of Genesis, okay? There was a moment there between Adam and Eve. Everybody shout Adam and Eve. So Adam and Eve had this moment where they were tested, they were tempted by the enemy. In fact, I'll read it for you. It's in Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Now the serpent was more cunning or crafty than any of the beasts of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, this is the serpent talking to the woman. I don't know where Adam was. Maybe he was tilling the ground and working on the garden. I'm not sure what he was doing at the moment. But Has God indeed said, this is what the serpent said. Now listen, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said back to the serpent, we may eat of the, tr- of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the, tr- of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it. Notice she didn't even give it a name. She said, just the tree. Did you ever notice that? She didn't identify it as the tree of knowledge of good and evil. She just talked about it as the tree in the midst of the garden. How many have really never noticed that before? And so... Here, the enemy and Eve is having this conversation. Now, here's something else that you probably never realized it until right now. Eve was the first one who took a bite of the apple, or the, I'm sorry, of the fruit. We all believe it's, we all think just, it's an apple, you know what I mean? It's not your iPhone, it's not the, you know what I'm saying? But it's, it's, it was a piece of fruit, all right? And so the serpent is having this conversation and said this, did God really say that's the, you know, one thing that the enemy always does. He always tries to question what God says. He always wants to make us double guess, did God really say? He always wants to try to get into our thought and plant this thought in our mind. Now watch. And so Eve took up the fruit first, and then she brought it to her husband. And that's when Adam had this conversation with God and said, you know, this woman you gave me, and, you know, she's the one that made me sin. But it all started with a thought. And it all started with a thought that when, this, when the enemy came in and planted this thought in her mind. What thoughts are the enemy, is the enemy planting in your mind? What seed is he planting? And what thoughts are floating around right now in your mind? What thoughts? Man, it's raining out. Or I'm hungry. Or what are the thoughts that the enemy maybe has planted in your mind? What thoughts or lie has the enemy put there? Has he said something like this? You're all alone. Has he said something like this? You're not going to be healed. Has the enemy planted this thought? Uh, did God really say? 
How about don't let that person get away with that? How about this thought? This is a famous thought that the enemy puts in a lot of people's minds. You're worthless. You have no value. You'll never recover from this. You'll never bounce back. Your family will never be healed. Your family will never be unified. Here's another thought right here that that the enemy puts into the mind of people. Are you ready? God has failed you. God has failed you. God let you down. He's disappointed you. But you see, our thoughts control everything. Do me a favor, somebody. Look at me and raise your right hand. For those who have dyslexia, raise your other hand. <laughs> and so that, that action started where? Right here. It didn't start in your hand. It started in your mind. You see, my mind tells my body what to do. My mind gives my body energy. And so in the same way that every time I get a thought, the enemy gave Eve this thought, did God really say? He put that thought in her mind. And immediately she started to dwell on that thought. Isn't that what happens? As soon as that thought comes in our mind, we dwell on it. We just, we soak on it. And man, do we know how to pump ourselves up over a thought? Come on, somebody. Shout amen if you know what I'm talking about. We know how to pump ourselves up. We know who to call to get even pumped up even bigger. And we know, and we know how to just pump. When that thought and that thought just repeats in our mind and just goes on and repeats and repeats and replays, Pretty soon, you know what it does? It brings to an action. Now, I know you've heard this before, but I want you to get this into your spirit, okay? Because every thought, it gives birth to an action. That, that gave Eve this action. Hmm, maybe, maybe I'll be okay if, if, I, if I eat of this tree. You see, she went ahead and she did that. And action then control, it created a habit. That habit will create uh, your character and then your destiny. Ultimately, it got them kicked out of the Garden of Eden. But our thoughts control everything. Every battle is won or lost right here. Somebody shout amen if you've been trying to figure out how to win. And that's what we're talking about today, how to win the battle of the mind. How to finally overcome this thing. That's why I wore this shirt today. That's why I got on boots this morning. I don't make sense. I got combat boots on with a t-shirt. I'm like, you know what? God says, listen, get ready for war. You're in a battle. We're constantly in, a, 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 in war. We're constantly in a fight. And I can see, you know, the look on some of our faces here this morning. It's like, yeah, you don't even know what I came from. You don't even know what I just stepped out of. You don't even know what's going on in my home right now. I, 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 I try to dress it up. I try to look right. But there is a constant battle going on in my mind. And if we would really take inventory this morning, we're going to discover how to win this battle. Somebody shout, I'm ready. ready. So now watch this. There was a story in the Bible. I want to. I want to go now. We're going to fast forward from the Garden of Eden. Now we're going to go to the children of Israel after they got out of Egypt. After they were delivered out of Egypt, does anybody know who their leader was when they came out of Egypt? Somebody shout it out real loud. What was his name? Moses. Moses takes them out of the out of the out passes through the Red Sea. Now he's in the wilderness, and so now the. The people of Israel is ready to move forward. They're ready to move forward into the promised land. And so Moses has an idea. Let's get 12 men together. Let's take one leader from every tribe of Israel. That's why he chose 12, because there were 12 tribes of Israel. And so out of those 12, he took uh, these men and he said, go into the land. And I want you to, when you go over there, I want you to go and walk through all of the land and tell me what you see. Tell me what the produce looks like. Tell me what the cities look like. Tell me what the walls look like. Tell me what the people are like there. What's going on over in the land? Go over there and spy it out. Well, for 40 days. 
They spied out the land. They all walked through the land. They all saw the same thing. They all, see, they all seen the same thing. They all experienced the same thing. However, they didn't all see it the same way. How many know that we can all be in the same situation but see it in a different way? All of us in this room, we can experience something. We all experience this church service today. When we leave here, some will say this about the service. Some will say that about the service. In the same way, whenever a group of people see something, they all see it in a different way. Why? Because of the lenses that they're looking through. Somebody shout amen. So here they are. They, they go now into the, this land for 40 days. And they walk through the land. They inspect it. They, they found these big grapes. They found that all these other things there. So now watch. The, the grapes were so big that as they walk back now to Moses and Aaron, they came back to the, to the camp and only to bring this big cluster of grapes. And they were like, look at this. And now watch, I want to read this. Now they departed, I'm in, I'm in Numbers now, chapter 13. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation, and they showed them the fruit of the land. Okay. So they showed them what the land was all about. They said, yeah, man, we went to the land you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. Wow, Moses, it is, it is beautiful, man. It is green. The water there, the trees, everything is beautiful. Yeah, it flows with milk and honey. That means that it's, it's full of produce. It's full of prosperity. This is the place we got to go. This is what we've been waiting for, man. I can't wait to get there. And here's the fruit. Look how big the fruit is. Look at the grapes. And, I, and, and I, you know, there, one guy, I can see one guy in the back just kind of juggling the grapes. I can't juggle. Who can juggle them here? Anybody juggle? And, and, and here's this one guy. He's got the grapes. And he's, man, look at the grapes. And they're biting on the grapes and looking at the fruit. Then they said this, but, or they said, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. Wait a minute. You just tell me how good God is. You just tell me. The land is so beautiful. You're telling me that this is what we've been waiting for. You're showing me the fruit of the land, but the land, the people are strong. Cities are fortified. They're big. They're very large. And guess what else we saw there? The descendants of Anak, the giants. He said there are giants in the land. The Amalekites dwell there in the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Canaan. They gave them this bad report. How many know bad news spreads fast? Somebody shout amen to that. Come on, even before Instagram, bad news spread fast. Whether it was a phone or a fax or whatever it was. Man, bad news goes fast. And how many know negative news, it just goes, it just spreads like a cancer. Now, how can they speak so double-minded when they explain about the goodness of God and the blessing of God, but also at the same time, they're talking about the opposition. They're talking about how hard this is going to be. Did you hear that? They're talking about the blessing, but they're also talking about how impossible this looks. Is anybody in the back left corner hearing this? Okay. Now watch. But now Caleb steps up. This is one of the 12. He quiets all the people before Moses and he says, Are you, wait a minute. Now he's having this moment where he's like, guys, we got to go up now. God is with us. You know, we're going to overcome. Remember that, right? 
That wasn't just a good idea. He's like, now we can just overcome. Now we can take the land. God's with us. Guys, what do you mean? Yeah, I know there's giants there, and I know that it looks impossible. I know this looks hard. I know the cities look big and strong. But guys, God is with us. Let's go. There was another guy with him named Joshua. Joshua was Joshua and Caleb. They were the, the two that saw something different. The ten other ones gave this negative report, and it spread through all out the land. And the other two guys were like, no, Moses, Aaron, we can do this, man. God's with us. Come on. And sure enough, the other ten said this. Watch this. They continued on. But the men who went up said, man, we're not able to do this. The people are stronger than us. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. And then they went on to say this, the land that we spied out, it devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw are, are men of great stature. And we saw Anak, we saw the giants. And then they said this right here. This is what blew, this is what blew everything right here. We were like grasshoppers in their own sight. And then they said something else that, that, that really is mind-blowing. And so we were in their sight. Well, wait a minute. Who's told them that? Absolutely. They, they said, yeah, we look like grasshoppers in our sight. But you know what? We even look like grasshoppers in their, in their sight, too. What he was saying, what they did was put words in the mouth of the enemy and said, you guys look like grasshoppers to me, too. Never know such thing ever happened, though. But in their mind and their thought, you see, their thought was, man, I'm just, a, I'm just a little grasshopper. These guys are going to squish us like grasshoppers. And that was, that was the mindset of this moment. Are you still with me? This grasshopper mentality. Look at somebody say, oh, grasshopper. <laughs> and so this grasshopper mentality gripped the Israelites with so much fear that they refused to move forward into the land of promise. You know what happened after that? God punished them for one year for every day that they visited over. So what's the math? Tell me, do the, do the math for me. So they were there for 40 days. God said, I'm going to punish you one year for every day. So how many years was that? 40. 40. Simple math. Pretty easy, right? Not algebra. So for 40 years, they, they were punished for 40 years. Why? Because of their what? You can say it. You can say it, Hazel. Their mind. You say it, right? Their mindset, their thoughts. What thoughts have stopped you from possessing everything that God wants for you? You're not hearing this. What thoughts, what is stopped? I am my own worst enemy. Yes, the enemy will come and lie to me. But then when I come in agreement with that lie, it stops me from moving into my destiny. Y'all ain't shouting amen. Y'all ain't hearing this this morning. What, what lie? Do I come in agreement with? What is it? And I know this is, you're, this, is, this is hitting you right here. What lie, what thought has the enemy come and floated along and put in your brain and put in your mind that you're entertaining on an everyday basis and stopping you from really possessing joy? And stopping you from really possessing the fullness of God. And really stopping you from experiencing happiness. And really stopping you from experiencing the joy of the Lord. Are you still with me? Somebody shout, I'm with you. Come on, amen. Because the enemy planted this negative thought in their mind. They were defeated even before they tried. Even before they even gave it a shot. 
Even before they gave it a shot, they said, you know what? This is going to be too hard. I'm just going to go ahead. I'll just get a divorce. I'll just, I'll just give up. But do you know that this, this is where su- people lead to suicide, different things like this, and they give up, and they believe the lie of the enemy. That's why people's hooked on drugs, alcohol. Why? Because the lie of the enemy gets into their mind and say, listen, this is the only way out. This is the only way you're going to survive this moment. And the enemy props that there. You know, yeah, yeah. I won't keep going. Now watch. I don't want to get. I don't want to get ahead of myself. The negative thought gave birth to this action. This negative thought gave birth to an action. So right now, I want you to ask yourself, like, what lies of the enemy has he been feeding you, feeding your family for days, for months, for years? What lie is that? Today we're going to overcome it. Today, we're going to win this battle. Somebody shout amen. amen. I'm tired of losing this battle of my mind. I'm tired of always replaying this thing and allowing it to go over and over and circle and circle through. I'm tired of being in this place. The Bible talks about being double-minded. You know, we can't have faith on one end and then be full of doubt on the other end. That's exactly what they were. They were double-minded. They said, look at the fruit. Man, this is beautiful. But then on the other side, they said, but there's giants. We can't do it. The Bible says in James 1, 5 through 8, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. Why? Because he is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. So what stops God from blessing my life? What stops my double-mindedness, my thought life? Are, are you still here? It's my, my double-mindedness. It was their double-mindedness that kept them in the wilderness for 40 years. It was their double-mindedness that stopped them from moving forward. Double, a double-minded man will not receive anything from the Lord, according to Scripture. Think about, I talked about this last week, the double-mindedness of Elijah on the top of Mount Carmel. Wouldn't a lot of us know the story? And so here is Elijah. He's on top of the mountain, 450 prophets of Baal, 400 prophets of Asherah. He's one standing alone by himself. He stands on the mountain and he says, okay, the God that answers by fire, he is God. But you know what he said even before all that? He said, how long will you falter between two opinions? The word falter says to dance, to hop. How long? He said, if God is God, serve him. But if Baal's God, serve him. He was like, make up your mind because you're confusing. And that's what God is saying to us today. We got to make up our mind. We got to put the helmet of salvation on and say, listen, if we're going to serve the Lord, if we are God centered people of Jesus, if we are going to be a Jesus people, then let's, we have to serve the Lord now. Don't be half in and half out. God is saying, make a decision. You want to, you want to see uh, your life change personally? Make a decision to serve the Lord. Either serve God or serve the devil. Basically, that's exactly what he said. Because if you're not serving God, you're serving the devil. It doesn't mean that we're bowing down to the devil every day and worshiping the devil. No. But when I come in agreement with the lie of the enemy, then, then he is... What? I'll prove it to you. The Bible says, whatever you are a slave to, that has become your master. You miss a good spot to shout amen right there. Whatever I have become, whatever I have 
allowed to overtake my life has become my master, and I've become a slave to that. And so if I allow the enemy over my life and sin, then sin rules over me, and it's my master. The devil is my master. But if I allow the Lord complete reign over my life, then he's become my Lord and my Savior. Are you still with me? Shout amen. amen. Double-mindedness. So are you ready? Now we're going to, I'm going to teach you how to overcome it. Are you ready? We all know that there's a battle of the mind. Now, this is how we overcome. Are you ready? Yes. The first thing is this. Identify the thought. Identify the thought. Run it through the filter of the scripture. Does this thought line up with the word of God? Does this thought sound like the Lord? Does this thought, does this thought line up with scripture? Is this, is this an agreement with the word of God? If that thought that is in your mind that you have about a certain person or a certain thing, and if it doesn't line up with the word of God, then it's a lie of the devil. Are you still with me? We have to identify this thought. Where did this thought come from? Did this thought come from God? If this thought came from God, then it will be in agreement with his word. It may not be word for word, verbatim, but it will line up with the, with the generality of what God is saying. Are you still with me? Where did this thought come from? Identify this thought. Here's another thing. You've got to make up your mind not to host this thought. I've got to make up my mind that I'm not going to stay in agreement with this thought. Because that's the only thing that empowers the liar in my life is when I come in agreement with the lie. So when I come in agreement with the lie and believe the lie, it empowers the liar. Don't give it a place to live. Don't give it a place to live. Don't allow it to dwell here. Identify the thought. The other day, I was talking to a client of mine about a, a certain job and something I was kind of counting on. And then after, during this phone conversation, my client said to me, I don't know if we're going to be doing the project this year. And then inside, I was like, oh, yippee, great. Fantastic. Right? I was like, oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> right? No. After I got off the phone, hit end, I was like, man, I was kind of counting on that. And then as soon as I said that, the Lord said to me, he says, man, you got to count on me. Don't count on that. Don't count on man. Count on me. You see, that thought instantly came into my mind. I had to identify it instantly. That's like, that thought is not of God. Instantly, that thought was like, I mean, I was counting on that. You see, that thought was of the devil because the devil would want you to depend on man, to defend, to depend on that certain project. But absolutely, I understand God and 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 work kind of goes together because God works through man, and I get that. Maybe maybe it's just not God's time yet for that. Are you still with me? Maybe maybe it was a test to say, you know what? Maybe if you just trust me, you never know. It still may happen. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? It's kind of like the, way, the same way God tested Abraham. It wasn't that God was after Isaac, his child. It was after he was after the heart of Abraham. Because listen, if God's going to do anything through you greatly, we're going to be tested greatly. Are you hearing that? If you want to, wonder, if you want to know why you're being tested so great right now, it's because God wants to do something great through you. And the only way that he can do something great through me is if he first does something great in me. Are you still with me? Identify the thought. Is it of God? So these thoughts that you've been having lately towards your husband, are they of God? 
These thoughts you've been having lately of your wife or a, a, a friend of yours or toward God or toward church or toward the work of the Lord, are they of God? Come on, think about it. Identify the thoughts. Do inventory right now of these thoughts that you've had. Are they of God? This thought. Should I kill my husband tonight in the middle of the night? That's not of God. You know? Should I go ahead and flatten the tires of these people that did me wrong? That's not of God. See? And so when we begin to identify these thoughts that are they of God or are they not of God, we'll be able to start winning the battle of the mind. Are you ready? Here's the second thing. Okay, first thing. What was the first thing? Identify the thought. Identify the thought. Is it of God or is it of the devil? You enjoying this? It's good? All right, let's keep going. Number two. Here's the second thing. You have to bind that thought in the name of Jesus. You cannot allow that thing to stay there. The longer that thing stays there, it begins to lay eggs. We got devil eggs in our mind. Don't allow it to lay eggs in the mind. We have to bind it in the name of Jesus. Because that thought will reproduce other negative thoughts. That's what I'm saying about laying eggs. Look at somebody say, ew, I don't want no eggs growing in my head. We have to bind that thought. Write that down. We've got to bind that thought. We've got to declare and speak the name of Jesus over that thought. So I bind that evil, that thought right now in the name of Jesus. That's of the devil. We've got to tell the devil he cannot live here. We have to, we have to declare that. We got, there, this is war. We have to declare war on the enemy and say, listen, you cannot stay here. Somebody needs to shout that right now. Devil, you cannot stay here. Right now, get out of my mind, get out of every thought. I bind you in the name of Jesus. Come on, shout that. If I bind every evil thought, every thought that's not of God, I bind it in Jesus' name. That's right. Once we get this thought and we say, I bind this thought, because you know what? If I don't bind that thought, that thought will bind me. If I allow that thought right there, that thought will bind me up and paralyze me and stop me from moving forward. That's why it's so important to bind it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I declare freedom. Amen. This is learning how to take authority over every thought. This is how you take every thought captive, right? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God for pulling down strongholds. And we take every thought captive, what? To the obedience of Christ. If we want victory, do we want victory? Somebody shout, I want victory. If we want victory, then guess what? We have to fight. We have to fight. We can't be lazy about it and laying down and just eating our cookies and thinking that God's just going to come through and he's going to come on his white horse and just attack the devil and I can't wait for the rapture. And then my fight will be over. If we want victory, we have to fight. We cannot be lazy. If we want to win the battle of our mind, we cannot be lazy. Look at somebody say, don't be lazy. We've got to fight. We can't depend on the pastor to fight for us or the sister so-and-so to fight for us. Yes, I'm so thankful for people that come alongside and they fight for me. But I've got to learn how to fight. Because sometimes in the middle of the night, when you can't sleep, you got to know. you got to know how to bind every evil thought in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. I was talking to, you know, I've, I've talked to several people over this last month. And they said, I couldn't sleep tonight. Or I've got, I, I wake up in the middle of the night and I can't sleep. I'm having this, this fight. Well, you know what? You've got to bind that thought in the name of Jesus. Every evil thought right now in Jesus' name. 
we got to bind it. Come on, let's practice it right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bind every negative thought that's in my mind. I bind it right now, and I identify it as a lie of the devil, and I bind it in Jesus' name. The name of Jesus over every evil thought. Amen. If I want victory, I've got to fight for victory. We have to fight. Amen. Here's the third thing. If you can come, please, just play softly for me. I still got an hour and a half left. Here's, here's the last thing. Here's the number three. I'm just kidding. I just want to get right to the point, because we're going to pray. And I want to believe that God is going to do some amazing things here this morning. Somebody shout amen. amen. The first thing is identify the thought. Second thing, we have to bind the thought. And here's the third thing. Are you ready? It's very simple. We have to change what we're thinking about. Change the way you think. Or if this was on the news, it would say change the narrative. Change what you're thinking. Change your thoughts. Don't. I remember when I was going through something a few years ago. Kind of always going through something, right? <laughs> but specifically, this one thing a few years ago. <clears throat> and I was talking to this pastor friend of mine. He said, Aaron, you've got to take it off the front page of your mind. You've got to take it off the front page of your mind. You know, in Deuteronomy, God tells the Israelites to take my word and put them on frontlets of your head. I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of it. Some, some of the Jews, some of the ancient Jews, they would wear a square box over their head and it would contain the promises of God. In the same way, we've got to allow that right there, the promises of God to be on the frontlets of our mind. To be wrapped in the promises of God. Change our thoughts. Here's something here. We must get a hold of the playlist that's in your mind. How many got a playlist on your phone? I don't, but I, anybody got a playlist on your phone? You got a playlist, something that you play through, your favorite song, whatever. We have to get a hold of the playlist that's in our mind. What thoughts do you have on repeat? What thoughts do just constantly go through your mind? Maybe it's the past. Maybe it's what somebody did to you in the past. Maybe it's what somebody did to your family in the past. Maybe it's something that you've gone through, a, a sickness. Maybe something you keep replaying in your mind. It's okay to have memories. But what's not okay is when, is when we begin to believe the lies of the enemy, thinking that we'll never overcome this moment. Are you still there? What thoughts are on repeat? What thoughts are just stuck in your mind? I'm telling you, I, I, I go back and I, I'm thinking about just different situations that we've gone through. And whenever you go through a traumatic situation, it just wants to stay right here. You know? That's why I love Facebook so much. You know, that one-year memory will come up or a two-year memory come up. And I'm like, God, I'm trying to forget what happened sometimes. I'm trying to forget what happened yesterday. Don't keep reminding me of it. You know what I mean? Not that I'm trying to forget, but it's like I'm trying to I'm trying to be healed in that in that place. I'm trying to be healed. I'm trying to overcome in this area. You know? So what's the solution? Are you ready? Here it is. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, talking to the body of Christ. Whatever things are true. 
whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there are any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, do what? Meditate on these things. Concentrate. Fix your thoughts on that. Fix your thoughts on things that are true. Don't fix your thoughts on lies. Fix your thoughts on things that are true. And I'm talking to you this morning not from a place of perfection. I'm talking to you from a place where I struggle constantly with the battle of my mind. And I want to win. And I'm tired of losing the battle of my mind. Amen? I want, to, I want to constantly, as soon as a negative thought comes in, I identify the thought. I bind the thought. And then you know what? I change my thoughts by fixing my mind on things that are true, things that are praiseworthy, things that are of good report. Come on, somebody shout amen. Come on, that's how I'm changing the thoughts and winning the battle. I'm meditating on the Word. Change what you're thinking about. Change what you're thinking about. Here's a promise to come in agreement with. When Joshua was coming out of the, he was getting ready to um, go into the promised land. Moses just died, and he was about to take over leadership. He was scared. All kind of crazy thoughts and emotions was going through his mind. I'm sure they were. I know. He was discouraged. He probably felt alone. How do I know that? Because God kept saying, I'm going to be with you. Be strong. Be of good courage. I'm going to be with you. He kept reminding Joshua that every he said, as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. That's what I hear the Lord saying to every person in this room this morning. He said, as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. As I was with this other person, I'm going to be with you. It's time to renew our minds. Somebody shout amen to that. It's time to renew our minds. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, don't be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Come on. Be transformed, right, Josh? That's what you said to me the other day. Be transformed by what? The renewing of our mind. That's everything. That's our life. Everything is on everything. Be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I must renew my mind. I cannot go into a new place with God if I got the old mindset. Do you remember at the beginning of the message I talked to you about how the children of Israel didn't want to go into the promised land because of their negative thoughts. Watch this. I'm going to tie this together. This is so beautiful. Watch this. This is amazing. Fast forward now, 40 years. Joshua sends two guys over to the land. Man, watch this. It's so good. This is so good. Joshua now sends two guys over to the land. And they visit a lady named Rahab. Rahab pulls him inside of her house. Watch this, please. You got to catch this. My God, I feel the Spirit of God all over this. Rahab is now sitting down with them, with these two spies, these unnamed spies. And she says to them, guys, you have no idea how our hearts melted because of the children of Israel. You have no idea when we heard of what your God did at the Red Sea. She's talking 40 years ago. She said, you have no idea how our hearts fainted in us and how we became as flesh. We were so weak. We thought you were, we were done. Our hearts melted because of the children of Israel. Wait a minute. We wasted 40 years of our life because we thought that the enemy thought that they could overtake us. 
I've wasted 40 years in the desert because of what I thought that the enemy thought about me. Did you catch that? The enemy. The thought that you are entertaining in the place that you're at right now. The enemy knows that if we just get a grip and get a hold of our thought life, the enemy knows he's already defeated. His heart is already melted within him. If we just say, you know what? I am a child of God. I take every thought captive. I bind you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. And right now I choose to meditate on things that are true, things that are praiseworthy, things that are noble, things that are lovely. Come on, are you hearing this? For 40 years, they were in a place of dryness. They were in a desert because they thought the enemy thought that they were they could easily defeat them. So this is what we're going to do. I want you to meditate on some things. Are you ready? Tomorrow on Monday, I want you to meditate on Isaiah 43:11 that my God knows my name. Come on, somebody shout that. My God knows my name. According to Isaiah 43:11 my God, he knows my name. I'm not an unnamed person to God. He knows me. Tuesday, we're going to think on this. My God goes before me. That means that you're not going to go anywhere that God hasn't gone before you. That means that there's no place that you're not going to walk in that God hasn't gone before you, according to Isaiah 42, 12. That my God goes before me. Somebody shout that. My God goes before me. You know what we're going to do on Wednesday? We're going to come in agreement with this. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. According to Philippians 4.13. I can do all things. I am not defeated. I am, I am, I am, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. He is my strength. On Thursday, I'm going to come in agreement with this. That no weapon formed against me shall prosper. According to Isaiah 54, 17, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper and every tongue that rises in judgment shall be condemned. No weapon. Come on, I come in agreement with that word. In Romans 8, 16 on Friday, I want to come in agreement with the fact that I am a child of God. I belong to him. He's my father in heaven. I am a child of God. Somebody shout that. I am a child of God. On Saturday, we're going to concentrate on this, that I am more than a conqueror, that I can overcome. I am more than a conqueror. Why? Because of Jesus. You know why you're a conqueror? Because Jesus conquered the grave. What he did on the cross and how he overcame death, me and you, we can also overcome that we're more than a conqueror. And on Sunday, if all of us come in here next Sunday with this spirit, and with this scripture saying, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that lives inside of me. Come on. If we come in agreement with that, according to Ephesians 1, 18 through 20, that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lives inside of me. The same spirit that was with him and gave him power to overcome death, hell, and the grave. It's the same spirit that lives inside of me. Come on, somebody shout amen. Come on, that's the same spirit. This is the overcoming lifestyle. This is how we win this battle of our mind. But it takes action. It does. 
So I know every person in here, whether you raise your hand to it or not, I know all of us in here, we all have this struggle. So right now, I'm going to ask every person to stand to your feet. This is a holy moment. Please don't move. Don't leave. Don't walk around. I want you to focus. And if you want to, I want as many as could just to come up to the front. Come on, let's come around the altar. Spread out. You want to stay back. Whatever you want to do. But this is a holy moment. We're going to take every thought captive. Identify the thought. Come on. We're going to put this into practice. Identify the thought. Identify that lie that the enemy has planted. Identify it right now. Come on. Does it line up with the Word of God? Does it line up with Scripture? Filter it through the Word. If it doesn't, then it's of the enemy. So right now, identify that thought. Come on. Just take a moment. Identify the thought. Identify the thought. Now, when you take that thought, that thought that's been there for years, been there for a long time, because you have unforgiveness, it's been causing your family to have dysfunction. This thought has been causing your babies to lose sight of God. There's been division in your home over this thought. You've had unbelief because of this thought. You've had fear because of this thought. This thought right now no longer has to control you. This thought right now no longer has to control your actions. Right now, we're going to bind this thought in the name of Jesus. Come on, right now. We bind this thought in the name of Jesus. We bind every generational curse, every thought right now that has that tries to transfer negative thoughts, things that try to transfer into my life, into my generation from the generation before. We bind that right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, bind every thought. Come on, take that thought captive. I can't do it for you. You've got to do this for yourself. You've got to bind every thought. I can't get into your mind. Only you can. Come on, right now. Bind every thought in Jesus' name. Come on, this is prayer. This is prayer. This is prayer. We bind every thought in the name of Jesus. We speak and declare the name of Jesus over this thought. This thought will no longer hold me captive. This, this, this thought right now will no longer bind me. But we bind you in the name of Jesus. That thought of worthlessness. That thought of not going to make it. That thought of sickness. That thought of poverty. That thought of divorce. That thought of worry, depression. Come on, we bind it right now. God, I want to be free. I want to be free, completely free. In the name of Jesus. Now, I want you to change your thought life. God, right now, change my thoughts. Help me to meditate on things that are a good report. Things that are lovely. Things that are noble. Things that are, are praiseworthy. Help me to ch change, change my thought life. Baptize my mind. Baptize my thoughts with the helmet of salvation. I change my thoughts right now. No more, no more worry. No more anxiety. 
I choose to think faith. I choose to think positive. I choose to think on things of God. I set my mind on things above, not on things on the earth. In the name of Jesus, I want you to worship him right now. Come on. All over this place. Come on, just raise your hands to God. We worship you, Lord. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for freedom. Come on, open your mouth and begin to bless him. Come on. That thing no longer has control over you. That thought no longer has control over you. Now you bind it in the name of Jesus. I choose to win. I choose to fight in the name of Jesus. This no longer is going to take control of my actions. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. Come on. Yes, God. Come on, open your mouth right now.